is Thursday, July 27th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management And now, Duval County's 2023 Sports Broadcaster of the Year. The Duval County 2023 Sports Broadcaster of the Year is not an actual award, was totally made up, and has no intrinsic value. J.P. Shatrick! And welcome in. It is Jaguars Happy Hour from the Hyundai Studios inside the Miller Electric Center in downtown Jacksonville. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logman. Busy show, busy two hours ahead as we begin training camp. It's the first Jaguars Happy Hour radio program and digital program of the season. Glad you're with us today. Jaguars training camp is underway. Here's what's coming up on the show. We'll discuss Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars offense. Of course, Calvin Ridley's impact felt on the first day of camp. Some drops from receivers today. We'll get to that coming up. Josh Allen and the defense. And, of course, the Doug Peterson show coming up at 5 o'clock. We'll hear from head coach Doug Peterson here in the Hyundai studios for the first time. And we'll, uh, I had a chance to catch up with Christian Kirk, Jaguars wide receiver. We'll hear that conversation. That's at 5 o'clock on the Jaguars radio network. Jeff Lagerman, Jaguars analyst, joining us now in the palatial Hyundai studios. Yeah, Good it's afternoon. A pretty nice place here now. Yeah, I'd say, right? Yeah. It's massive. Yeah, we got, first we got new digs, and uh, we're in the new Miller Electric Center, or some people call it the MEC. That's yeah. The, right. Those are initials. Yeah, yeah, acronym. Okay, an, an acronym. Yeah, Big word for proper. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but it, it's it's great. Uh, the studio here is great. Um, looking forward to having Doug in here for a little bit. And uh, and the great thing also, JP, is that we're a little bit closer together. Oh, that's you always know, it's always good to be close to you. Yeah, that's great. I don't know about that, Logs. Wow, uh, I roll for sure. On that one, uh, Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District, Florida's water. It's worth saving. We're on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And on Twitter, at JP Shadrick, at Logs56, because you're a huge social media maven. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm real big into that. So hit us up on there. We'll be here for the next uh, couple of hours. Of course, the Jaguars... Made an, an epic run in the stretch run and a wild playoff comeback last season, but fell short in the divisional round in Kansas City. Well, we, we know this, Locks. For quarterback Trevor Lawrence, motivation is never an issue anyway. Self-motivated, all of that. But head coach Doug Peterson, in his first address to the media of this training camp, said he's seen even more focus from number 16. His motivation um, hasn't changed. It's probably enhanced a little bit more. You know, I think the guys guys understand that they can be a good football team. He understands that this can be a good football team. Um, and, and we just got to focus on that, right? Focus on us and, and, and continue the process and continue the hard work. But he's, he's in a really good place, um, you know, kind of to your point with the, with the offense and stuff. We, we do lean on him. We do ask, you know, him what he likes and doesn't like and, and try to refine it to the things that, that – uh, the players like, you know, and, and that's um, that's a sign of, you know, the, the, the I think the confidence that they have in us and we have in them that we can have these communications and, and conversations. 
Of course, that's uh, head coach Doug Peterson. And, yes, it's year three for Trevor, year two in this system. The baseline offense is in. They can just build from their logs. Yeah, I had a conversation with Press Taylor in the OTAs about that very topic and about where you can go with the offense in year two. And he just said it's amazing how many things that we didn't do last year just because we did want to add too much to the plate, so to speak, of all the players in the offense. And he goes, and especially when you have a young quarterback, he said, though, but now that you're year in year two in the system, he said, there's a lot of situations to where you can allow that quarterback to change plays or get into better formations to be to have that flexibility to put you in the best position that you possibly can be in. And people are trying to think of something that could be maybe draw a parallel to. Think of Peyton Manning, okay, and what he was able to do at the line of scrimmage. Now, I don't think it's going to be maybe to that extent because Peyton had been around for a long time there at the end where we would watch him do whatever he wanted to do. But things like that to where Trevor, Trevor can have the ability to change plays and then also maybe adjust routes on the fly, which last year he had no ability to do. Uh, very little. I think towards the end of the season, you might have seen a, a little more of that. He grew into it as the season went along. And the receiving core has a lot to do with that, too. Can, do they have above the shoulders ability to be able to flip routes without moving and know everything in the offense? And that was a big key to the success, certainly in December. And I, and also I think that a lot of times it's not a matter of Trevor having the language to be able to change a play, sometimes things are changed with just a little wink and a nod, you know, a little bit of body language. And so there's also familiarity with the players amongst themselves on top of the familiarity with the system that will allow them to take this offense to another level. And I really believe that this offense can go to another level for, for a lot of reasons. Number one, it's year two of the system, and then also the quality of the players. I think they're taking a huge step up. They've added some pieces to this offense that's going to provide not only frontline help, but then also the depth that is necessary to be able to maintain a certain level of performance throughout a season. Uh, the rookie class so far looks good in a limited opportunity that we've been able to see them and the veterans, like you talked about, the impact that Calvin Ridley has had almost felt immediately. I mean, th that's real. I mean, that's something that you can feel, and it's exciting to have components that may be able to step in and contribute right away. And a lot of it, too, Logs, is that, I mean, some of these guys obviously have been in the weight room in the offseason. Well, and, and the guy that really stood out to me from that aspect was Trevor himself. Uh, and I, I talked with him yesterday after practice, the first practice, and I said, man, I said, you look bigger. And he said he, that last year he finished up the year about 217. And he's 6'6". Six, six. Right. And That's, he's every bit of 6'6". Six, six. Yes. Okay. And I said, well, where are you at now? He said, you know, he goes, I'm right around 225. And yeah, that's, you know, that's great. I mean, you know, for a quarterback and – you want to be able to have your quarterbacks to be able to withstand a full season, maybe a little, I'm not saying an extra bulk, but a little extra cushion, a little bit of extra oomph for them to be able to have the durability to go through a season. And, uh, JP, I don't know if you had the opportunity. Uh, did you have the opportunity to watch that quarterback series on Netflix? I have not seen it yet, no. I, I highly recommend it to anybody who is a fan of football. And Peyton Manning was the executive producer, and they follow three quarterbacks through the season. And last year they followed Marcus Mariota, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, uh, Mahomes. Kurt uh, Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs, and then uh, Kurt uh, – 
from the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, Cousins. Kirk Kirk Cousins. Cousins. They followed those three guys through the season and really kind of showed what they go through on a day-to-day basis and what it – a little glimpse into the life of what it's like to play quarterback from a personal standpoint, but then also a professional standpoint. Man, uh, it, it, this is must-see TV to me uh, just because it. I've always said this, that the quarterback position is the hardest position to play in all of sports. And so when you get one, it makes you so grateful and appreciative of having a franchise quarterback, and that's what Trevor is, and I can't wait for, for year two. But again – Recommend that series. So, are you trying to talk him into doing the show or something? Is that no, why? no, no, no? Look, I, I thought who? that was part of your conversation. No, not, hey, I mean, Trevor. Hey, I don't talk Marissa into it. That'd be great. That'd be part <laughs> of it. I think it would be awesome. I mean, and then obviously a lot of Jaguar fans would love to be able to take a glimpse into the the life of a Trevor Lawrence and what it's like to play quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't. I haven't heard any reports on who the topics would be in twenty twenty three. Um, but uh, and maybe they're going to keep that quiet. But it would be exciting to to watch it again. I can tell you that I was I thoroughly enjoyed. You know, I, I was never a big fan of Kirk Cousins until I watched the series, and then I gained a an appreciation for him as a player. And uh, because he was always he's always been kind of one of those middle of the road quarterbacks that kind of gives you teases and glimpses of of he could maybe take you a little bit farther. And, uh, and I always kind of slided him a little bit because he wasn't able to take his football team to that next level yet. But, uh, but I definitely gained a, a, a higher level of appreciation for him after watching that. Jags fans want customized Jaguars furniture for your home? Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. ZipChair furniture for fans. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL, Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Let's touch on some of the weapons around said quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. Of course, Evan Ingram signed his deal, tight end. Uh, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones are back in the fold and looking strong so far, and we've mentioned it already. Calvin Ridley showed off in the first practice Wednesday. That stop-start ability, his just pure speed, the hands, the the catch radius, everything you wanted. I, I think you got to start with one thing with him, work ethic. Because when you watch him work, JP, he reminds me very much of Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. And here's a guy that's going to fit right in because he has that same desire for greatness and he puts in the time and the hard work. And that's important because, you know, when you have a new guy and you add this guy to your culture, you want to make sure that he's going to fit. You know, and he's not going to be this, you know, prima donna or diva, diva wide receiver. And, and that's not what he is now. I mean, he's been impressive in the short amount of time that we've had a look in OTAs and then also the start of training camp. He's been impressive, and that's what I was really looking to see, and, I, and I've been thoroughly impressed. Trevor Lawrence after practice Wednesday at one on what number zero has to offer. The way he runs, there's not many guys like that, especially in and out of his breaks. And, you know, he's just really crafty, obviously great ball skills. And then just – you haven't even seen it yet because we're not in pads and we're not full contact. But I think after the catch, he's really, really good too. So um, – and, and, you know, in spring we were still kind of working him in, so we didn't get, you know, a ton of reps. So now that we're camp, we're full go, I'm excited just to continue to build on that. He's going to fit in really well with, with that group, you know, with Zay and Ag and Christian and Evan and – all the other receivers, he's going to fit in great. Well, I think you, he spoke with some of the media after practice today, so you'll see some quotes coming out from uh, Calvin Ridley. But obviously we know his uh, track record so far in the NFL. Uh, just a few years in, played five games two years ago, missed all of last season. 
So you said it, Logs, the work ethic is there to prove to everybody that he's a top-level, top-flight NFL receiver. He's shown it with a broken foot before already, he said. He's healthy now. He's motivated more than ever. And all that should combine, at least hopefully, to um, a big start of the season. Yeah, and, and, and talking to him yesterday, you know, and you're standing next to him, he's not real big. And I think that's the one thing that stands out a little bit is that he's he's not real big and he's a little bit taller than Christian Kirk, but he doesn't have that bulk that Christian has. He's you know? listed at six one one ninety. Yeah, and that's but he looks slighter than that. Yes. Um, if he's six one one ninety, then I mean he's 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 tough as nails to get to that weight. You know, the one thing I'm excited about with the addition of him to this football team because, I mean, first of all, his talent has shown through. And, look, it's a long road, and so you still want to see a lot more out of him. But what I love about Calvin is the work ethic, but also what he's going to be able to do to this offense to help others. Okay? For example, now that you're going to have Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, that's three incredible weapons. But what that's going to do to the di- the dynamic of the offense, it's going to allow one thing, which is important. You're going to stretch the field, and it's going to create space for everybody else just because he has vertical speed and he has a vertical threat ability. But Christian Kirk can now play in the most comfortable position where he is the most effective at, and that's the slot. And that's where, that's where Christian can make hay and make people pay. And so I'm excited about that. And then – with Zay on the outside, and then, you know, let me add another name to it, Tim Jones. I think Tim Jones is going to be a guy that, you know, look, if there's injury at any point of the season with some of these guys, I think he's a guy that's going to be able to uh, not only give you a lot of help on special teams from that wide receiver position, but if you have a man down for a week, okay, one guy goes down, happens. which happens, you know, yep. he's going to have the ability to step up. And I, I see an increased role for him this year. Tim Jones, second-year player out of Southern Mississippi. His hometown is Biloxi, I believe, and he's 6'1", 200 pounds. And, yeah, we've seen him running around with some of those perceived first-team receivers already, which is a good thing. And, uh, yeah, the the special teams obviously will be key because there there aren't many spots in the wide receiver room, at least for the five or six. No, look, yeah, you're going to have a – uphill battle to gain a roster spot. Uh, we'll say that uh, also the uh, young rookie Parker Washington from Penn State has yep, looked like look good so far in camp. And he's, he's – Why so? He's built like a running back. I mean, literally, and his uh, height, weight, 5'10", 212. Okay, that's uh, what they have him officially listed as. And when he was at Penn State, he was kind of one of those slot receivers. And he, they threw him the ball a ton – uh, with a short distance throw and then allowed him to do things after the catch and, you know, quick screens and things of that nature. And he's a guy that I think also is in, down the road can give this football team some productive reps in that slot position, but he's not nearly as dynamic as a Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk has a very special ability to gain separation because of his quickness, the way he comes in and out of breaks. And because he's crafty, and he has top end speed, so uh, so that's just some you know some things there to think about. It's a it's a position that if you're a young player, undrafted player, you know, for example, you know, Dre Jenkins or Oliver Martin, you know, a couple of players, one from LSU, one from Nebraska, you're going to have a tough way to making this football team, you know, and practice squad may you be your best bet. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. And when we return, cornerbacks and defense. Tyson Campbell entering 
year number three, how he can continue to grow as an elite cornerback, and how do the Jaguars get more pass rush? What did they figure out in the offseason? That's all coming up. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Water Management District, Florida's water, it's worth saving. And welcome back, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. We're on Twitter as well, at J.P. Shadrick, at Logs56. Well, Jaguars offense is, um, you know, what, what do they say? Offense sells tickets, defense wins championships. At least they said that about 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a little different it, now in the modern-day NFL. You still need defense, though, uh, certainly. And the Jaguars' defense last year ranked, what, around 24th, 25th in total yardage in the league. But they were tied for 7th in takeaways. They were an opportunistic group last year. But they were maybe just a tick late overall in getting to the quarterback. So in this offseason logs, we, we've talked a lot about their self-scout from last year and and what do you look at? And, you know, what personnel might you go out and get? Well, they didn't really go out and get much veteran personnel. They drafted some guys that they might be able to develop over time. But they've spent a lot of draft equity already on defense. First-round picks over the last few years. And they're counting on those guys to really step up and take a step this year on the defensive side of the ball. Overall, where is this defense? What do you think they might have found in the self-scout that they can adjust moving ahead? Well, I, first of all, let go back to last year, and I think the saving grace was the takeaways. You know, Because if all of a sudden you take that out of the equation, I think this defense really struggles. Yeah. I mean, struggles in a big way. And I think every team at the conclusion of a season does a real strong self-analysis. And – I wasn't a part of that self-analysis, but I think one of the things that, that I felt was that they weren't allowing the guys up front to be in the best position to rush the passer to impact the game and get off the field. And, you know, you go to Mike Caldwell's opening press conference, he talked a lot about getting the players in the, in the position to do what do things that they do best. You're talking about his off-season program conference. Exactly. Yes. Okay, yes, right. Exactly. Yeah. And he's, I think he speaks officially tomorrow, tomorrow. for training camp. Exactly. So and when he, what he means by that, I think, if I'm trying to interpret it, is that we need to put our players in the best position possible. Last year was a little bit of a feeling out process. I mean, when you have a first-time staff, a first-time coordinator, first-time exposure being around all these players – there's so much to learn. You're trying to learn to be a defensive coordinator. The players are trying to learn a scheme. The coaches are trying to learn what the players do best. And they're trying to put them in the best position possible. And so I thought last year was a, a little bit of a learning curve. And I think this year, I think you'll see much more strides being made uh, on the defensive side of the ball because now you have some familiarity across the board. And Last year, they were trying to play quite a bit of man. Well, the reality is is that the, they really don't have the personnel to play a lot of man, or they didn't last year. And I think this year will be a little bit of a question mark of whether they can do that again. I think they're going to have to be a little bit more like they were at the end of the year. They're going to have to play a little bit more zone. And I think they need to allow some of these guys that rush the passer to put their hand in the ground and go rush the passer. For example? Well, Last year, it felt like that they were 
have they had guys in two-point stances, okay? Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker. A lot of times we're rushing the passer on second long and third down, and they're up in a two-point stance like a stand-up linebacker. Well, look, the time to you're not trying to fool anybody when they're in second and long and third and long. Give the player the best tool in his toolkit to be able to affect the quarterback. The best, most aggressive pass rush is one in which a player can have his hand in the ground. Otherwise, Olympic athletes would be going from a two-point stance and sprint. <laughs> I guess right? so, sure. Okay, so I- let the player have his hand down, three-point stance, and go after the passer. And I think that you'll see more of that this year. And, uh, and that's a great question for Doug Peterson. You know, we'll ask him when we get the Doug Peterson show. Five o'clock today. Yeah. So, but I, I think there's going to be a, a tremendous amount of improvement there. And then that will help the pass rush because that's important, obviously. Uh, I think you've got a lot of question marks in the back end at the corner position. Not cross, I think the safety position is very strong, but you've got to have these guys up front really being a you know i remember lawrence taylor the the famous quote on nfl films you got to go after him like a bunch of crazed dogs okay well that's your front guys got to go after him like a bunch of crazed dogs and they got to have the quarterback's feet moving and got to have those feet nervous and so josh allen needs to to get back to to being what he can be last year a little banged up i think he's uh, he's going to be primed for a big year and a contract year yeah there's well, a lot on the line for him. If he can do what he did in the last five weeks of the regular season, stretch that out. I mean, he was fantastic down the stretch. Got home for sacks, quarterback hits. But how about the Buffalo game? Yes. I mean, it, wow. Yes. I mean, what a game that, that Josh had against Buffalo. And but So he had games like that that you were just like, wow. And then he had games where like a couple weeks, you're like, did he get – in the stat chart, you know? So, I mean, and, and I think that consistency there with Josh also health will, I think, be a factor in that. He got a little banged up last year. Trayvon Walker needs to be able to take a big step forward. Uh, you need to have either a Caleb on Chase on or, you know, you've got a, a couple young players on the outside. Uh, Yasir Abdullah, who was their uh, fifth-round draft pick, is a guy I think is going to have some opportunities. You know, you've got to be able to affect the passer. And these guys up front need to take – you know, here's another guy. Roy Robertson Harris. Yeah, he just signed a, another deal. So okay. yeah, you sign a deal. Okay, now you got to produce. And Roy, early in the season last year, was really good. I mean, started out like gangbusters, and then looked like he got dinged a little bit, and then he kind of fell off for a little while. And then he had other games. When later in the season he came back, and he was just dominant. You know, you need to have Roy kind of back and healthy and and playing dominant. Devon Hamilton who's a little been a little bit on the sideline. Okay, to start camp. Got an extension in the offseason as well, and he's a very good, productive player that I, I, was their best interior big guy pass rusher last year, and I think he probably is going to earn some more reps for this year. Those guys all have to take steps forward. You know, there was no big marquee free agent signing on the defensive side of the ball, and then in the draft, you know, you went offense, 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 the first three picks, and then you got the defense, you know, finally in the fourth round. So, I mean, now you've got to have those guys that have – been drafted high in previous years, start to produce. Devin Lloyd, another guy. I yeah. mean, he's got to be able to help the pass rush too. You know, he did that at Utah, some stand-up as a blitzer, and I think you're going to see him do a little bit more of that. By the way, Roy Robertson-Harris, three-year uh, extension, $21.6 million reportedly in that extension. Yeah, so, he, he's worth every penny yeah. of that. 
especially down the stretch. He was uh, fantastic. It's uh, Jaguars Happy Hour, 1010XL AM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Glad you're with us. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. Well, pass rush helps out the secondary. Two logs, and we touched a little bit on the secondary. But uh, Tyson Campbell's coming into year three, and you said just a moment ago, you know, not especially the best overall man coverage group. They really succeeded more out of the zone. Let's touch on Campbell especially. Year three for him, had, what, three picks last year, was around the football a bit. I think he's improved over time in seeing the ball in the air. That was obviously an issue early in his career, his first year. Uh, you know, he would look back, lose the ball, lose the man, and then the guys would score on Big him. Big play, yep. Big play would happen. That's toned down a little bit. I think that's been an improvement he's made. What else have you seen better from Tyson Campbell? I know it's early in camp, two days in for him. Kind of tough to see that some of those guys. But Campbell's the guy. He's, I think, the number one corner on this team. Well, by far. And he's, uh, I think, a young, still ascending player that's going to continue to get better. He's got great length. He's got good ball skills. He's making strides in that department, JP, that you brought up. You know, you flash back to the game in Washington last year, and he allows a big play because he kind of loses track of a guy. And, and that's something he's gotten better at. But, but he, I think, is at his best when he's got his face facing back towards the quarterback. And he's got such tremendous length. He's a very, very uh, aggressive tackler, which is kind of rare from the corner position and, and aggressive and good. And yeah, it's one thing to be aggressive. It's uh, another that's, that's thing to right. be good and aggressive. Uh, that's right. Be aggressive and miss everything. Uh, you know, <laughs> so I, I like him. I think he's a real – I mean, he's a true number one corner. And uh, and then on the opposite side, Darius Williams made some strides last year. When you know early in the year he was in the slot, and then he was moved to the outside. He got a little better on the outside. He still needs to improve some of his tackling to to get that up to a, at a better level, you know. But the big question mark is that you know JP, you know you and I both know that this is a passing league, okay? And no, no longer is the game played with two corners. You need to have three and four corners. So who's up next? And that's a big question mark. Darius Williams was on the other side last year. Obviously a veteran guy. He's been around for, what, 31 years old now, I suppose. Hasn't been in the league as long as his age indicates. He had a longer college career than others. And then Trey Herndon would be probably the, the nickel slot guy right now, right? Well, and maybe, uh, you know, uh, Chris Claybrooks, you know, is a guy that also is kind of in that equation. You know, he's got some off-the-field issues that – you know, not sure how that's going to be addressed at some point um, by the league or the team or or league the legalities of it. I'm not sure there, but they signed Tavon Campbell, a fifth year veteran in the league. He's been around for a while. You know, Canadian Canadian guy. And uh, look, this is a position that has been been addressed not necessarily with the high draft equity, but it's been addressed in numbers. You know, you look at last year and you had. Monteric Brown and Gregory Jr., who were late draft picks. And then you turn around this year and you've got Eric Collett in the sixth round out of Pittsburgh and Christian Broswell in the sixth round out of Rutgers. So, I mean, Trent Baalke has definitely got a pattern here and that he knows that he needs to address the position. And so, he, you know, he, sixth round, I mean, the percentage of hitting in the sixth round is obviously just significantly less than it is in round two and three and four. You know, but you got to keep trying to get guys at that position, you know, and hopefully one of these guys develops, you know, or one of the rookies 
um, undrafted guys, whether it be a, you know a Caleb Hayes or you know uh, you know whoever you know, but, but but you're addressing it right now with numbers. But I think it's a position that you want to see you know, big time improvement. The reality is those that look, you can address every position in one off season. You know, there are years that you know the reality is you, you know. You, you, Okay, next year might be the year of the day draft a corner higher in the in the draft. Let's put a Band-Aid on it for this year and then fix it, you know, when we can. Well, and look, this team is not going to just finish camp up and go to 53 with what they've got on this current roster of 90. You're going to be evaluating what every team in the league does, who may become available, and that's a premium position. It's hard to get a top-notch guy, but it's you know it, there's a possibility that you can get capable people there. And uh, could you go a veteran route? Could you maybe work a trade for somebody at that position? Everything I think is on the table for that position. But you know the most important thing is is trying to have somebody develop and step up at that position from within. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. And when we return, left tackle Cam Robinson is practicing. But what's the plan as we move toward his four-game suspension? This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, we are on 1010XL AM, 92.5 FM as well. Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And if you're watching us there, you're, you're getting a live look inside the Miller Electric Center in the Hyundai Studios. Not a big look. We're in high definition. <laughs> Which I don't know if that's a good thing or not. <laughs> that was the worst invention ever for a guy like me. Yeah. I totally, totally agree. I, I'm in the same category, JP, of face for radio. <laughs> that's right. It's what it is, though, but it's awesome. Uh, you know, we've got this, this new studio. There's going to be another studio coming online very soon. Everybody's working behind the scenes to make that thing really sing. So we're going to have a lot of new different looks on television and radio shows. Well, uh, sounds on radio shows, but looks on television and digital shows. You yeah, know what I mean? Did, and also just a, a huge shout out to the guys that, that all worked in some capacity here at the Miller Electric Center because, I mean, it, the, the number of people is vast. And uh, and also there's a ton of guys that, that have been working from the Jaguars organization that have been working on this project in a tireless fashion, you know, Hamza and Jeff, I mean, all those guys. And then everybody from every department was working late hours to make sure that everything was just right in their departments, you know, department leaders, et cetera. I mean, it's, you know, and it's an ongoing process. It's I mean, not over yet. It's not over. There's still some kinks and some things that they're working out, but, uh, Wow, what a facility, and, and I mean, it's it's truly amazing. You know, all those years of us going to other places to watch the Jaguars practice, the Patriots, the Vikings, the Atlanta Falcons, yeah. Yeah. and then you're looking at all of their facilities. Well, here we are, and we're looking at one of the very best in the National Football League right here in Jacksonville. Pretty awesome, man. Uh, guys like in the IT department, Chris Yider, who's – and pulling his hair out for all the football stuff to get done, and then Jason Dean doing a lot of our stuff on the 
the media side and you're watching some of it if you're watching on jaguars.com right now some of the footage inside from the tour the other week and uh yes it's it's ongoing and it's um i'm sure they're worn out but um they've done some great work and still some great work to come i've i've seen every component of this building and it's breathtaking I think one of the coolest aspects of this building is that on the lower level, that's all basically player function. So the from the cafeteria to the locker room to the meeting rooms to the training room, that it's all ground floor. In the meeting rooms, literally every position group has a door that steps out onto the grass. So teams can have meeting positional meetings, and then they go right out the door right to practice. And then off to the one side, the indoor facility and weight room that are connected, just incredible. And the weight room has a, like a second floor balcony that has cardio equipment for the players. And it's just it's cool because, you know, the players can go from locker room, training room, weight room out to the grass and the indoor facility. I mean, it's just it's, – it's all right there. And the coaches are on the second level, up out right of the way. Right above all of it. Yeah, they're, you know, a lot of the coaches are overlooking the field, and then some others are on the interior part of it. There's coaches' meeting rooms on the, on the second floor. Um, it's pretty spectacular. And then that's on one side of the building. This side of the building that we're on is uh, the dining area and the media and all everything that happens up here is on the, uh, the side closest to the stadium. The, the number one difference between the new – facility here the miller electric center and then the old part of the area where the jaguars were at in the stadium is that there's now daylight oh yeah the big windows yeah there's there's daylight and uh and there's no shortage of it and it's it's a beautiful thing to see compared to the old stadium which you kind of went into this you know dungeon bat cave whatever you want to call it (laughs) and you didn't see light i mean the the vitamin D deficiency amongst jaguar staff over the last x number of years has been been great you're uh, watching a time-lapse video of the construction on Jaguars.com, starting from when they broke ground all the way to when they opened the thing just the other day, and uh, it's pretty spectacular to see. And, and, yes, as you said, Logs, a lot of hard work going into it even to this moment. And the area in which the fans have been enjoying oh, practice in the stands, on. they've got bleachers that have – shade starting completely almost the entire bleachers starting right about the time that practice starts and the shade continues throughout the afternoon and then the seats are really nice and then and it's elevated obviously in a grandstand type fashion and then you have these fans and i think i know the name of them what are they uh i can't say why it not? on the radio why not it's a Big rear end fan well, what, up above. Well, they can say it. They're promoting them. <laughs> are they? Yeah, I'm sure they are. are they saying well, the name. How would how would you sell them if you big ass say- fans? Right. Perfect. I mean, I that? mean, that's like the real name of them. Yeah. I mean, they're huge, and these things, I mean, are moving some serious air over the tops of the the, the fans or the heads of the fans, and so uh, really cool. And uh, you know, if, I, if I'm a fan, being able to come out, I mean, there's no problem. You're going to enjoy the the whole pro- the whole process. All right, we promised Cam Robinson, and Cam Robinson also spoke with some of the media folks today. You'll see some quotes from him coming out, uh, if not already, on social media, but in some articles tonight or tomorrow morning. Well, he is practicing. He has suspended four games at the start of the regular season. He told the media today that in it was January when he had not started his recovery yet uh, when he took something that he didn't realize, and... Um, hey, he took full responsibility for it. 
and has to be better at knowing what's going in his body. He took the whole the whole thing today. That's the first time he's spoken, at least publicly. Um, I think he put out a, a statement or something when the suspension came out, but this was the first time actually on the record in front of others uh, talking about it. But he's out there. He's working. So he's not going to be out there and work in the first month of the season, though. Um, plan B is – How many games is it four. again? It's four games. Four games. So, and, and uh, look – some people may end up taking this maybe in, in the wrong way, but if they do, I don't care. <laughs> you know, the players are willing to to always push the boundaries of high performance. Okay, I was no different. I mean, you want to make sure that you're trying to make your body the best that it can be. You want your body to recover in the best fashion that it possibly can. You're always looking for an edge. You're not looking for an illegal edge, but you're looking for an edge. And sometimes players can make a mistake by taking something that they feel is going to give them an edge. And then after the fact, they realize that it was something that wasn't allowable. Okay, that happens. That happens. But that's the what happens in the pursuit of greatness and making your body as good as it possibly can. Cam Robinson is as good of a person as you'll ever find. Okay? And... These things can happen, and Cam Robinson is going to end up being a better person for going through this, and he's going to learn his lesson, and he's going to be fine. You know, the Jaguars, I think, are in a great position to be able to handle this situation with Cam Robinson because you have a first-round draft pick tackle. You also have the development of Walker Little last year that happened, and every game he got better. I mean, there was no concern last year going to Kansas City with Walker Little as your left tackle. None. Okay, and then now you've added Josh Wells to the mix as well. True. Who is a proven veteran. He's obviously started in Jacksonville, was in Tampa for many years, got some starts under his belt. He's bigger than ever. He's got experience. How many teams in the National Football League would be as comfortable as the Jaguars by losing a starting left tackle for the first four games of the season? I mean, there aren't many. I mean, there's very few. There are very few that are comfortable if and they're starting two tackles. If right? any, yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, credit, credit to Trent Balky and his staff for you know getting the quality of players at that position because that's a premium position. You know, Walker Little, I think, is going to handle it just fine. Uh, I know that uh, Doug Peterson talked about handling that process, be, you know, knowing that Cam Robinson is not going to be available for the first four games and how that will work. They've both got to get work in in training camp, but at some point you got to know who's out there week one. And which is going to be Walker Little. And uh, you know, so uh, it's good to watch him work. And, you know, the one thing that I've kind of noticed in the first couple practices, because we're only two in, is that Cam Robinson has really taken Anton Harrison kind of under his wing and is helping him. You can see that there's a lot of conversation between those two. And that's what you want to see. I mean, you always you know, always want to have great coaching. And the Jaguars have one of the best offensive line coaches in football in Phil Rauscher. But you also you like to have that veteran mentorship, just much like Calais Campbell and, and Josh Allen yeah, sure. a few years ago. Yeah. And we watched that and we were like, man, that's a thing of beauty. Uh, you're seeing, I'm seeing that now with Cam Robinson and Anton Harrison, and it's and it's good to watch because you can always, you know, listen to a coach and get better, but then also some peer information 
of players that have been involved in the game. Cam Robinson, what is this, year seven for him? Yeah. I believe, you know, so, I mean, he's a guy that's got experience that he can share those experiences with a young player that's going to be expected to contribute right away and be the starting right tackle, and then down the road, who knows? If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150, loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're on 1010XL 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, Jaguars social media. It's Jaguars Happy Hour brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. The Injury Report and much more after this. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the St. John's River Water Management District. Florida's water, it's worth saving. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Our first show of the 2023 season, officially, today. And hopefully it's a season of great moments like last year. And even greater. I was going to say, it's going to be hard to top some of the moments from last season, but the achievements could be better. Yeah, and, I mean, look, the, yeah that's I mean, the whole goal. Yeah, you're, ch- you're chasing one prize. 32 teams are all chasing one prize, and everybody's starting at the same level, kind of. I mean, not really at they're the same level. They're all zero and zero. They're all zero and zero, but they're all not starting at the same level. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Don't you, we know? We've been on the bottom end of that for a yeah, long time. We, we, yeah. we had many years where we sat there and go, you know, you think we got a chance? And like, well, we ain't got a quarterback yet, you know. So I don't know if we can we can go anywhere yet, you know. But you got a quarterback now, and you got an offense that I really believe that is, is just brimming with talent. I mean, it really is. I mean, the offense as a whole is brimming with talent. I think the big question mark is going to be this defense, you know, and how that how they can come along and how much progress can they make? How much development will we see with some of the players and coaches? on that side of the ball. That's the big question mark. Well, another thing that helped them last year was overall, at least, a general health of the football team. They were pretty healthy. That leads us into the injury report presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Two players officially on the physically unable to perform list, the active PUP and the training camp time so you can go on and off uh, as uh, whenever you're ready ben barch who of course was injured last year is on there and off to the side Dewan smoot coming off the achilles injury just recently signed he's off to the side uh, also off to the side but not listed on anything ventrell miller was off today and devon hamilton was doing some work it looked like on the side as well um, those are at least uh, early in camp, the four. And the two official ones are the PUP guys. Yeah, and uh, and look, I'm glad to see Smoot resigned. A guy that uh, I like the way he plays the game. He's always full go. He's versatile. He can play multiple positions. He can play outside linebacker. He can have his hand on the ground as the defensive end. But he's going to need some time. I mean, Achilles' injury is a serious injury. Well, we saw what happened with James Robinson, right? I mean, it took took him some time to even get close to right. That was the training camp, what, last year, right? No, two yeah, years yeah. ago. When was that? Uh-huh. Yeah, right, last year. It was last year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Time flies. Yeah, it does. Um, but same idea, right? I mean, this was in December. It was Christmas week. Yeah, it was a Thursday is night game. Real late in the season. I mean, just much like J-Rob. Yeah. And uh, Ben Barch had a knee and uh, that uh, ended his season last year. You know, leaves and that 
you know, just by the way, led to the great performance last year of Tyler Shatley at the left guard position, who is back once again, Shatley. Uh, but, you know, get, will Ben Barch be the starting left guard this year? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a big question mark. You know, will, will Barch compete with Shatley? How will that go? How will that look? When will Barch be available? Nobody really knows. Yeah, oh, and it also goes back to the left tackle discussion too, right? Four weeks of – uh, Walker Little at left tackle. What happens when Cam is eligible to come back? Does... Right. Could one of them go to left guard? Who knows? I mean, yeah, you do. You don't really know. And and I, this is and the coaches, I'm sure, have kind of a plan in mind based on their evaluation of each skill set of the players that they have, and that's going to be very important, you know. And, and I think they've got a process and a plan in place, and we're not privy to the details of that. And those those plans can change at any moment based on injury or whatever. So that's something that uh, is going to be let's you know let's keep an eye on it and see what happens. But that's 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 one of the big question, one of the few question marks on offense right now. I mean, really, there really are no other question marks. I mean, there's you know there's always things that arise. Okay, injuries, concerns, whatever. You know, with the suspension of Cam, that's obviously something that we know is going to be dealt with. But really, other than the left guard spot, which I don't even really call that a question because if Barch is not available, you pick up where you left off with Shatley got, at left guard. You got guys. But, I mean, if, if you're trying to force a question on the offense, is that not the only one? That's the only one That I and how up. they will you know, work the whole tackle thing out with the suspension at the first part of the season. If those are the only question marks you got, you're in a pretty good spot. That might be the fewest question marks of – I mean, it's definitely the fewest questions of an offense in the AFC South. It oh, might yeah. be it might be one of the fewest question marks of an offense of any in the AFC as a whole. Chiefs, how many question marks do they have? They got two offense? new tackles. Okay, there's a couple. I mean, there's one right there. And who's going to play wide receiver? They lost their leading receiver in Juju okay. Smith-Schuster. Big, yeah. Okay, lost another one that went to the Jets, uh, I believe. Um, so, I mean, they have a question yeah, mark. question there. marks. All right, Bills. Uh well, can, well, no, number one is, can they run the ball effectively late in the season? The, the question mark with their wide receiver, you know, having left camp or supposedly wasn't excused. <laughs> and, right. is, you know, is that all blown over? Can uh, Josh Allen take the step? Can the Buffalo Bills take the next step? You know, I'm not real familiar with their changes of personnel yeah. off the top of my head. Yeah. But, I mean, if you look at some of the great teams in the AFC, the – the Cincinnati Bengals might have the fewest question marks on offense. I was going to say them next. Yeah, you know, makes they, sense. They added the tackle uh, Brown mm -hmm. from the Kansas City Chiefs, and now they're going to be moving their Alabama guy that was a first-round pick a few years ago over to right tackle and competing over there. But they've got their whole kind of group back. I mean, that might be the fewest question marks of any team in the AFC on the offensive side of the ball. Well, those are the teams the Jaguars are uh, going to see in the playoffs. Well, so. if, if you're going to go anywhere in the playoffs, I mean, those are the teams that are going to be there. I mean, and those are the teams that have the, the quarterbacks that are considered uh, elite level. You know, Joe Burrow and and then will the Chargers be able to do anything this year? That's Just a big question. Sign the quarterback so, or extended him. Yeah, which gives you a little bit of a glimpse into the future of what the Jaguars are going to have to be contending with. It's a lot of money. I mean, oh, a lot good, of money. Goodness, I mean, it's. Uh, I love they asked Trevor Lawrence the other day. The media did. Hey, did you notice the the thing? He's like, 
Yeah, I keep up with the league. I saw what was going on with oh, Justin yeah. Herbert's you're, contract. Yeah, you're going to see that. Look, uh, kind of played it down. Lamar Jackson's still top of the league in, in per year average. His you know, new contract pays him, I think, like $52 million a year average. And the new deal, um, uh, I think, in with the Chargers, was that the quarterback's name again? Herbert. Herbert, Justin Herbert. I think the average now is right around 43 because he had two years left on his current deal. So if you consider the two years left that he has on his current deal, his average is around 43. And I, and I, was, I said this to you today. I said, you know, it's not, it's not impossible to, to believe that at some point that Trevor Million is a billion-dollar quarterback. I mean, if you, think about, if you think about 50 million being an average now, when he gets his contract, and then as it increases through the years, I mean, you could look at, be looking at a contract that's seven hundred fifty. He could yeah. end up being worth seven hundred fifty million to a billion dollars as a quarterback. I mean, wow. Yeah. But I mean, that's reality. That's reality. Better get him done quick. It's only going to go up. Well, just like with Justin Herbert, right? You got him done before the deal expired. Mm-hmm. With Lamar Jackson, you didn't get it done when before the deal expired, and he's. But you obviously they saved money in the past couple years because he was paid well below market value the last couple years. Now I think there would be some in the building that would say, "All right, let's tap the brakes. Can we play the season first and <laughs> then get to that?" No, I know. I'm just just thinking out loud here. I mean, yes. because look, I mean that's you the reality. Put, the way you build it is because of that guy, and everything you do is because of that guy. No doubt, financially. No doubt, and look, I'm 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 big fan of Trevor, and I'm I'm looking forward to watching him perform. And, I, and you know, and obviously he's not thinking about that, but he's keeping track of the news in the National Football League. Why wouldn't you? I mean, I, I mean, if it pops up on your phone all the time, you know, there's a couple other guys in the league that are going to be worth watching here coming up. Uh, Nick Bosa is he not withholding his services from the 49ers? Chris Jones with there's another issue that with yeah, the Kansas City question. Chiefs. Yeah. You know, these guys are looking for $30 million a year contracts. What do you want to hear from Doug Peterson coming up on the first Doug Peterson show of the year? Well, just, I mean, just the excitement of starting a camp again, the new facility, uh, the excitement with his offense, you know, a big question mark with his defense. You know, what what, what does he think about the offseason evaluation? Where does he see that defense progressing towards? That's all coming up in Mere Moments. The first Doug Peterson show of the 2023 campaign is right around the corner. We'll hear from the head coach about 10 minutes into the show or so. So stick around there on the Jaguars radio network. That'll do it for Jaguars happy hour today. And training camp is underway. Practice number three coming up Friday. Thank you for listening to Jaguars happy hour.